Welcome to Montana Market Watch. I'm your host, Joe Cummings, a licensed realtor at ERA Lambros in Missoula, Montana. Our podcast is for anyone interested in buying, selling, or investing in property in the current Western Montana market conditions. Down and dirty properties that no one wants. Are they diamonds in the rough or just lost cause scrapers? Do smoke stains down the walls and that dingy smell spook you? How about an oven built over the staircase and no floor sports? How do you see through the haze of rough properties and come out the other side with a great home? We explore these topics within Courtney McFadden's team's workflow. In quotations, how to rebuild a home. In an economical and successful manner, these are big projects well into six figures, so mistakes can have big swings from home runs to the dreaded money pits. Let's shed some light today. Super excited on this podcast. I'm with Courtney McFadden. She's uh, one of the top producers at Lambros. Um, she's also active in the market herself. Uh, compared to, you know, Chris had a certain appetite for uh, remodeling, home rebuilding, as uh, Courtney's team calls it. Um, it's a larger projects. Uh, her work is outstanding as a realtor and also in having vision forward for some for properties that maybe not everybody sees uh, the same value in. So I appreciate you being on the show today, Courtney. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, I guess I'm gonna let's start with uh, we can't give addresses because of MLS and all that stuff. But it was a Slant Street house um, that I had worked on that you ended up purchasing, and um, you guys did a pretty large home rebuilding. What what let's start with what did you like about that property? Sure. You know from where I come from with my husband's skill set as a, a contracting background, I have a little bit of a unique perspective with what we look for in a home. And I would say the number one by a landslide is going to be location. And for Missoula City, when we are considering short-term rentals with people coming in primarily for visits mm -hmm. and um, vacations, if you don't know the area, and even if you do, you're always going to look with what is more most central to mm -hmm. the activities, which in our community is the downtown. So walkability, bikeability, all of those things come into play and paint a picture to the outsider. So for us, we primarily look at location, and then from there, we start considering the structure. So we're, we're, for, for people just starting to look for properties, um, what are those neighborhoods? What are the neighborhoods that you like? So to central there? Missoula, and it's going to look just like it sounds if you pulled up a Missoula mm -hmm. City map. So for us, it's going to be the areas that we kind of term them to be the slant streets, mm -hmm. um, University, uh, Patty Canyon, I would say Rattlesnake. Those are a lot of the top hitting areas. Um, I would also say from an outside perspective, it would also be Franklin to the Fort, anything that's physically in the central area of Missoula that's gonna be close to the university for graduations, close to downtown um, drivability as well within minutes. So, so two things that I wanna to touch today, cause you guys, are, you guys aren't flippers. You guys are long-term yeah, holds, yeah. right? We are, yes. Um, and Although, you know, you're holding these things and not living in them, there's also a value, certainly if you used Courtney as an agent, she would have a value to someone that wanted to upgrade a home to live in. Mm -hmm. That, that you, could, you could hire Courtney and Courtney could say, this is like a project that I did and I like this about it. We could live in this home. We don't. Mm -hmm. We use it in another way. What's, 
let's say it's in the right location. It's usually something that's lower condition though, right? And what yeah. are some of those conditions that you like and that you don't like? So forever and always with any home, we start with the foundation, Foundation. Right? I okay. mean, if a home is not sat on a good foundation, the rest doesn't quite matter. Okay. So the walls could have holes in them um, and that might be okay if the foundation's great and the location is right. So what you consider is future resale. You don't look at the house specifically all isolated on its own. We look at like home sizes in the same area that that, later, at all price points. That are, late, that, that are post work? Post work, what are already done. So then we say, okay, if we do the same, we have a like value immediately. What would be, so let's say it's got a good foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, and now you've done these, what's one that you learned that you're like, well, it's a good foundation and I like this about it, but gosh, if I see another one of these, I'm yeah, I, you know, I think my husband could probably speak more <laughs> to that <laughs> because I'm a point my finger and do this and move this wall. And I get told mm -hmm. no a lot. And then I <laughs> ask why, <laughs> um, so you know, that's tough. I think it just depends on the home itself. For us, what we really like is character. So we you like, like character. we do. We like to see fireplaces, brick fireplaces that we can expose. We like to see the arched doorways, um, original glass doorknobs, but those are not purchasing factors. But we like to see those. We like to see homes with a little bit of pizzazz that we like to modernize and put a little bit of a rustic touch on. Um, to make it trendy, right? Because when you're shopping for a home, whether it's a VRBO, Airbnb, and I actually think it's Verbo, yeah, which Verbo, I don't yeah, like right. to say, um, or a hotel, when you're shopping, you're looking for something that's cool to stay at, that's gonna provide an experience, even if it's a hotel. And if the experience isn't in the room itself, it's what amenities does it have? Does the, does the hotel have a, a pool? Does it have an in-house bar? So it's kind of the same as a short-term rental. What does it look like? How is it decorated? What are the exterior features? What is it next to? So all of those things come into play with A, how much you can charge, and B, you also have to like the house too. Yeah. You know, you always have to yeah. have a backup plan, which we always do. And the backup plan is to sell. The backup plan would be how else can we get creative with renting? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, last ditch, yes, sell it or move into it ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So to give, so just because I know the insides of the, the project we started the discussion on, to give you an idea of what Courtney and her husband are seeing, that particular house <laughs> had she <was> floor ugly. <laughs> jacks <laughs> yeah. under part of the addition. So there was no supports under the part of the addition and there were homemade, uh, jacks that you jack a car up with that was holding the joist up on part of it. Mm -hmm. The sewer line, you couldn't push a needle through. Mm -hmm. So that was a full rebuild. And part of the house um, had, I believe it had the part of the oven kicked out over the steps yeah, to go down into the basement. That's everybody's favorite story with that house. You walk down the basement <laughs> stairs and you, you, the oven was right above your head. <laughs> it was nicely drywalled in a box, but um, <coughs> yeah. it was there. <laughs> And what you guys did with it was amazing, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, sometimes these things take a lot of creativity yes. for them. And what, if you were, if you could only fix one thing about a house, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, we only have X amount of money, because uh, I would say your budgets are well in the six figures, right? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. So these are, when we talked to Chris, he was trying to keep things under 10,000. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Courtney's looking at projects that are, 
130 or so. And that's with my husband doing the work. So, so yeah. maybe retail might be 250. Correct. Yeah. But they're big projects. Yes. Um, what, so you and your husband buy a property and you're like, you know what? We're just, we're just doing one thing to this house that's going to be the biggest bang for the buck. What room is that? What does it look like? If it's visually just for renting and making it look pretty mm -hmm. and cute, it'd be the kitchen probably, kitchen and bathrooms. And that's with any home that I sell, even to a consumer that's looking just to move in and utilize it as a single family residence. And what does that kitchen want? Where, where should you, what is, what do you run into the most? Mm -hmm. I guess I'll preface it by, classically, we're going to go into a, an older home. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a closed off kitchen. Mm -hmm. It may be a galley, mm -hmm. may not have a dishwasher. And you're just like on the property we, we were talking about, you could open that thing way up. Mm -hmm. Is is opening up a kitchen, is that an important asset? For me? Yeah. Oftentimes, yes. Okay. With our second home that we're actively working on right now over in the university, that wasn't an option. With the configuration of the home, the little nook that the kitchen sits back in, it is what it is. Now, what we did instead is we opened up the ceiling to provide some visual <coughs> openness. <coughs> mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you, just the configuration of the home, the construction of it, you're at a standstill. For us with a home, with what we can do to it and what we see artistically within the house, we still have the same footprint of the house. So how can we open up staircases? How oh. can we open up ceilings? How can we knock out this hallway wall? It might not give you more square footage, but it's going to give a more visual bang mm -hmm. um, and, and we tend to go a little overboard and I say we but it's mostly my <laughs> husband um, you know because what could you do on a basic level paint you know if we really like and search for original hardwood flooring really yeah we really like that um, so flooring I mean but redoing a kitchen and bathroom and what does that mean I mean maybe you put up some tile maybe it's paint in a new vanity it just depends on what the home already has you can do these on a basic level for us these are long-term holds that we intend to make higher end as we can within our budget now I say that and we still do shop on Amazon and we find our own lighting and we teach ourselves thing off, things off of YouTube and we kind of wing a lot of it but we are redoing a home we're not flipping it we are redoing the sewer lines we are completely rewiring electrically plumbing so that we know for the lifelong the, the health of this house is what it needs to be what um then beyond uh, beyond you know those getting a feel for the home how much does the decision about how the home sits on the lot and what the lot is comes into your consideration when you're evaluating an asset. So huge. Um, and I think you asked Chris the same question and I'll have a little bit of a different answer. Both of our two rentals mm -hmm. are zoned for detached additional dwelling units, which we call in our industry ADUs. Mm -hmm. You have to have certain zoning that's appropriate for it and a certain lots, squares, square um, footage. Mm -hmm. Both of our homes have valley access okay. and street front access with zoning that allows for ADUs. Now, the ADU footprint per Missoula guidelines cannot be larger than 600 square feet. So what are you looking at? Well, about a one bedroom, one bath, a little guy, right? Mm -hmm. So our goal up to now is to collect as many properties as we financially can until the bank tells us no someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when we're ready to quit, 
now we have a couple properties that we can still infill on and create more rental opportunities on the lots that we already own. So what, what you like is a home that you can work with and then also possibly a, a, a downstream opportunity for a, what we're calling an ADU, but accessory dwelling unit. Yep, an infill opportunity on a lot we already have. How many of these do you look at a year? Oh my gosh, honestly, not, not a lot. You know, I look at homes every single day. Yeah. And so does my husband, I think, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. um, but realistically, we don't pop into a lot. We might see one that is the right size for us to take on in the right location and in the right price. And we think, oh, are, are we ready for another one? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say oftentimes we are having a lot of pre-dinner table conversations about looking and ready and pre-approval. We're the worst kind of buyers to my poor lender that we use. <laughs> Sorry, Julie. Um, you know, we fly by and be like, hey, can we be pre-approved? Is this crazy? What do you think? And then we are just scrambling. That's how we kind of operate with our very first one on Edith that we did secure. My husband was literally at the gym and Zillow presented it to him and said, you might like this house. And he said, hey, I think I do like this. Let's go look. And we went under contract in a couple of days. That's how it worked for us. I guess then I then if you're not actively looking, then I would uh, all the time where you're just doing mm -hmm. deals. What's your gut feeling on do these types of properties show up often and whether or not you like them or not, mm -hmm. but if you were actively looking, would you see 40 of these properties or are these types of properties fairly unique? I would say, yeah, they do oftentimes present. I mean, if we circled in on the slant streets mm -hmm. or the university and did little bungalows, you know, a thousand to maybe 1500 square feet, lower end pricing, yeah. Um, but primarily those are the affordable homes that our community is buying to live in, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, I think they do present. The ones that we have get actively excited about are the ones that are in a little bit more disrepair. Our current one was a smoker's house and it was, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, you could see the streaks on the walls, um, but we didn't care because it was all being ripped out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is a, is a fair portion of this work tear to the studs? Sometimes on accident. I think mm -hmm. um, the one we have on Edith, a little less. We took out a whole wall to open up the kitchen. But other than that, we didn't really take a lot down to the studs. It is still primarily lath and plaster, um, which presented problems when you tried to cut in for new electrical. You're sure. sawn through uh, chicken wire. But um, no, it just depends on the house, you know, how mm -hmm. much it needs. And with the one on Kent, we kind of went overboard on it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't our original intent. But once we close and, you know, our artistic flow starts, we're like, well, what if this? And then my husband ended up getting into the attic and realizing that the, the ceiling structure was not a structural component to the home. And he said, we can take this whole thing out. And that wasn't an original idea. Wow. And we did. Um, Which had to make it a lot airier. I mean, had to, oh, it, you walk in and it feels huge, but yeah. it's the same footprint. What? Um, so, you know, going beyond you know what you guys look for, what do you think? Um, you know, one of the big one of the big topics that we'll kind of keep talking about is this inventory crisis, right? That mm -hmm. we're in. We have this. We've been in low inventory for a long time, even pre-COVID. What are your thoughts on? somebody doing this project just to get the home they want. They can't find the home they want. They've got, you know, mm -hmm. you're probably talking in the $600,000 range by the time these projects are finished, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Easy. But they can't find that. They can't find a, a Courtney McFadden signature home to buy yeah. for 600000 But you're walking through with it with one of your clients going, you know, this is a $400,000 house or, or maybe less, depends mm -hmm. on how rough a condition. What does that look like for a time frame for one of your clients to execute on a project like that? Their goal is to buy a $600,000 house. Well, we're talking about 2022, right? Yeah. And it's difficult. The yeah. same conversation, the answer to that might be a little different two years ago. Yeah. Now, what we're running into is not just a housing and inventory crisis. It's it's crisis as even in the blue collar work in the fields that we require to do these homes. Really? So your tilers, your floorers, your electricians, your plumbers, your HVAC professionals, they are strapped. And okay. if anybody has tried even to call for a simple maintenance, they will attest to that. And I will be, I'm sitting here to verify that it's like that even with construction. With you guys too. So you, you guys Well, my husband does it, right? right, right so right. what we need, we already know that we're gonna run into those barriers. So for instance, our cabinetry for our kitchen, three months out. And that's very, very standard. And we have a small kitchen. So we had already designed and hit the order button with a local cabinet company in town the day we closed. So part of this workflow, either as an investor or as a person that wants a, a great home, you know, it's going to change an existing home, is the ability to be patient and deal with some delays. Patient, flexible. I think a lot of people also think they can general a job themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you can't, but the patient and flexibility needs to come into play because everyone's working on top of each other when they have time. And if you try to push one off because the time frame isn't right, you might not get that professional back in for a few more months. And the frustrations that my husband has with clients, aside from our personal residences, is that the timeline it is months. I mean, you might be looking at a year or more, and that's also what it typically takes to build a home from the ground up. Do you think that, well, it's two, two interesting points in there. Our market's been on a run. And if you buy something and remodel it, you're actually locking in a price yes. for a year where you can gain a year of appreciation. You have some costs, some extended costs on, on um, on uh, uh, contractors. But if you're waiting around for that $600,000, $500,000 house, it may go up while you're waiting for it. At this time- Everything, at, yep. yeah. And if you buy it at this level, you lock your price in and then you ride your appreciation as you move into it. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's one way to think about it. It is, and you also need to consider the low interest rates we have. I mean, I think oh, you right, and I both right. get emails left and right recently that is um, preparing us for interest rate rates spikes over this next calendar year. Yep. So although you're locking something in at a purchase price, you're also locking it in at your interest rate. At your interest rate as well. Um, what, what is, when, when you have looked at it and you've come close to pulling the trigger and you said, no, what's a no? I mean, we know the foundation, mm -hmm. but what's another no where you're kind of waffling on it, you're going back and forth. What's another no that you just, either don't feel comfortable with or you don't like due to your experience. Mm -hmm. The demolition required. So the demo is the biggest, ugliest job in our jobs. Demo is? The demo, taking out the walls, the ceiling, the, how much carpet does it have? Do all of the windows need to be replaced? Um, yeah, and we really like unfinished basements because then plumbing really? and electrical get a lot easier. An unfinished basement makes your 
makes any it makes it easier across the we board. can reconfigure the entire main floor if we have open concept in the basement that's untouched yeah so i mean a lot of that goes into play how much is it going to take for us to rip all of this out and start fresh like we like to and what, I'm just curious, what's a what's a demo cost? Can it run five, ten, twenty? Oh my gosh, I would retail? have to consider have to check with my husband. But yeah. I mean, I can tell you that it's weeks, and it is an insane amount of dump runs. Really? Yeah. Really. Interesting. Um, so you're you're looking at it from a demo standpoint. Um, that that's one of the big considerations. You know, and then it's you know, Chris hit it too. I mean, siding, roof. Mm -hmm. I mean, if some of the main components are there, that you can put your dollars into the pretty, um, into the other thing, into maybe some more tile that wasn't in the budget. But since the roof is great, we can put it elsewhere. All of those things come into equal play. Do you think? I mean, you're exceptional at this. Um, do you think when you're looking at a, a project? that the floor plan that you end up with is more important than the amenities. Obviously you want to hit both, but if you had to choose between it, I, and I don't know if you do granite mm -hmm. countertops or butcher mm -hmm. block or you say, well, I can, I can amenity this floor plan, right? Or, or is it more like, well, let's spend money on the floor plan. And we, if we've got to cut amenities a little bit to match our budget, where would you land on that? We meet somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, but I would say for us, we really, really like an exterior appeal. So oh, professional landscaping is really important to us. Mm -hmm. And our rental on Edith, and this new one will have it as well, we do custom gas, natural gas-fueled fire pit bowls in the backyards with stamped oh, concrete work. Oh, that's cool. Um, so we like to have some, a little, not just the footprint of the walls in. We like to create an experience for people. And a lot of the times that's exterior. If you're coming here for a graduation, it's, it's a place to congregate. We've had people host Thanksgivings. Um, so we like to sprawl outside of our home walls a little bit and provide the bougie factor right, a little right. bit, yeah. Uh, last question, uh, square footage. Where, where's, is there a minimum square footage We've gotten for you? bigger since the last one, but we really like, you know, I would say one to 2,000 square feet feels mm -hmm. good and obtainable and doable for us. Cause like I said, my husband's primarily doing this on his own mm -hmm. and we also have jobs. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of look at what is feasible to us. Um, Edith has a basement, as mm -hmm. you know, that is completely untouched right now. We have a door that locks it off, but eventually we might want to finish it with this new home. We're doing it all. We're doing the entire house. We're adding a bathroom, bath, uh, bedroom and the exterior. So we like to keep the, we like the bungalows, you like I would the bungalows. say, but bigger than the one bedroom, one bath, because how much rents can you get for that size? Two, at minimum, a two bedroom. If you can squeeze in a bonus on top of that, I think it's preferable. This new home will be a three bedroom with three en suites. Wow, cool. Uh, well, so uh, thank you for coming in today. Courtney's one of the best in the business. She's one of the top producers uh, here at Lambros, has an exceptional eye for uh, properties that the one we started with was, it looks great now, Courtney. Uh, she's got a great sense for taste. Um, if she's a realtor here in town, if you've got, if you're looking at one of these projects, you want to talk to a pro on it, um, you can get a hold of Courtney McFadden at, McFadden at uh, Lambros or send me a text or send me an email and I can get you hooked up with her. I really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you, Joe. Yep, thank you.